0: Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive, and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordis. And
1: I'm Damask Leary.
0: And today we'll be discussing True Detective Season 2. I don't know why we did that. But...
1: Everyone's turned off the podcasts.
0: <laughs> so They're like, listening for the first time. It's like, I'm looking forward to these serious takes mm. about my favorite television shows. Yep. Or oh, what's this shit done?
1: Wankers. Yep. I'm
0: out. How you been, Damask?
1: Quite well, thank you. That's good. I am officially enrolled, for those that listened last week. I got into Masters. I've now enrolled, so... Congratulations. They can't get rid of me now. (laughs) No, they can. They They can can. quite easily kick you out of university. There's
0: lots of things they can Mm. do there. How are you? I'm good. I've been very busy. It's been one of those weeks and a bit where everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Mainly, Mainly work-related, but it's like... I had a
1: good maybe three years of that, so... (laughs) Sad here. You had a week and a bit. <laughs> it's, it's, mm.
0: Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> don't don't mean it's no competition to Everything's uh,
1: competition, Brad.
0: <laughs> he my boss is away at the moment, so mm. I'm sort of working extra, and so sort of left at a time when there was a lot of transition happening with technology.
1: Oh, fun! So
0: things have not hundred percent gone to plan, and mm. there's a lot of like calling up telecommunication companies Excellent. and like getting stuck on hold and trying to communicate mm. something to people and ringing again because the thing we thought we sorted wasn't sorted and trying. To, oh boy, now it's been saying, a headache. like
1: technology stuff. Are you now working with robots?
0: Not. Qu- I wish. Okay, so it's not the, a Skynet situation. It's the same technology we've had for years, mm. just moved to a different provider, and that has been mm. incredibly mm. difficult to get it to work properly. Also. the NBN, which is like uh, Australia's sort of new internet infrastructure, new-ish. Also, completely outdated for most of the world. Um, (laughs) We've joined that, and that's created headaches and problems too. Oh, good. Anyway, so that's been my week. Fun. Fascinating stuff. Thanks
1: for the update.
0: Yeah, thanks. No worries. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for being my diary. You are welcome. Let's get into it. Off topic. Hot topic. Uh. That's whatever you were talking about for you. Off Topic Hot Topic is our news and views segment where we get to talk about the headlines of the TV world and discuss the stuff we've been watching that isn't this week's season of television. If you'd like to contribute a topic or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com, tweeting us at at hunting s cast or messaging us on Instagram at hunting seasons podcast I would kill mm. to improve our Twitter handle hunting s cast is not great but it's the best we can find really someones sitting on at hunting seasons mm. and they haven't used it in about five years but Twitter won't let me have it it's very annoying
1: I mean I've never heard a better reason for murder in my life <laughs> that, so. I think the
0: thing is they might well be dead it's <laughs> not gonna help us <laughs> get that Twitter handle no. uh, news in fuller <laughs> Mm. One article little thing came up this week doing a bit of a Brian Fuller search. Uh Kristen Chenoweth, will we'll yeah, chat with from Bri- Wicked? W- from Wicked. Yes, will chat with Brian Fuller at Los Angeles Paley Center. So you ha- happen to be a uh, listener Parley in or Los An- Paley? Paley Paley Center. Yeah. Never heard of it before.
1: That's don't- where they have Paley Fest.
0: Don't know what that is. What's what? Paley Fest?
1: It's the huge uh, television conference every year where everyone comes out and talks about their TV shows.
0: Oh, I I definitely know about those sorts of things. Do you know it was called Paley Fest? There you go. Wow. I don't know. Clearly
1: not an expert.
0: Clearly. Uh, Anyway, if you live in LA, maybe you want to go and hear this, have Brian Fuller on stage talk about stuff for a while. It's Mm. on... Uh, February Let's 27th. Be honest, it
1: It'll probably be cancelled before it gets there. <laughs> ah, <I> nailed it.
0: <laughs> I wish we'd set that up. You just—that was just beautiful, though.
1: It's better that we didn't. cuz no, it's just naturally funny.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, a few little headlines as well from the TV world in particular. Good Girls season two is premiering um, on NBC on March
1: third. Sweet, I'll be watching it.
0: Did you watch the first season through? I did, and you liked
1: it? Yeah, I did like it. Yeah,
0: my girlfriend liked it too. I'll get to it one day. I don't know why I say that. My list is ever growing. Stop I'm lying. Yeah, Arrest Development season five part two arrives on Netflix on March fifteenth. Probably not in Australia. Probably on Foxtel here, but for the rest of the world, that's where it'll be. I'm fascinated to see if the second half is any better than the first half. Because I didn't even I did think I watched the first like half.
1: Because I think I've just. I'm happy with the, the three seasons we got, and I'm happy to leave it it's there. It's now a
0: morbid curiosity to right. see if just to see if how bad or hopefully how much it's, it's like improved like
1: going to the side of a plane crash and just watching everyone slowly burn
0: Yeah yeah cool. or how getting to work has been impossible this week because there's been two crashes on the freeway and everyone it's on the other side of the road and everyone just stops to fucking look anyway.
1: Yeah bro that's really hard for you to get to work <laughs> when people are going through a major crisis No I
0: the the car accidents one thing it's the dickheads in front of me who are like Wow, there's a crash over there. I'll just go really slow, even though it doesn't affect my traffic at all. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> Barry Season 2 has a premiere date of March 31st on HBO. We will be watching that and reviewing we that. Uh, Veep's final season has a premiere date also of March 31st on HBO. I
1: need to watch more of Veep. Apparently it's incredible and everyone tells me I would love it.
0: A- every little bit I've seen of it, mm. every trailer, every episode that I have caught mm. here and there, as my brother noted, mostly on planes. Um <laughs> That I have enjoyed. Yeah, me too. But I've never just like sat down, started mm-hmm. with it. This podcast did not help. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty cool, actually, I think. Fleabag mm-hmm. season two has a premiere date also on May 17th on Amazon Prime. I think we're gonna try and catch up on season yeah. one. I'm
1: very curious about that because I've seen season one and I loved it. But it's such a complete story. I'm interested to see, see where it goes. Season, How season yeah. two
0: goes. Uh good omens. Season 1 premieres on May 31st on Amazon Prime also. So, there's a lot coming up. Our little schedule is getting very full. It is. Um, So, a lot to look forward to there. Some sadder news. Oh, no. The Punisher and Jessica Jones have officially been cancelled by Netflix, to no surprise.
1: I don't know if I classify that as sad, (laughs) it's just obvious and imminent.
0: Inevitable, I think, might be the word. (laughs) Uh, So, Jessica Jones Season 3 will still premiere sometime later this year. Um, which we may or may not talk about on the show. We might, maybe we should, just to see out, since this will be the last of the Netflix Marvel stuff, we should try and talk about that one.
1: Um, talk to me then, see how my mental health is, what I can, <laughs> ma- you know, handle.
0: But it's done, it's all over. Uh, Marvel, Netflix. That how little...
1: we remember
0: you. Uh, just a follow up from last week's conversation.
1: Mm.
0: We were talking about how the Oscars were going to boot four of their awards mm, things. Update. update all Oscar categories to air live after Hollywood protest. So
1: I, le- I saw a tweet that was someone saying, "Is this like an Oscars choose your own adventure? Like what's going on? <laughs> Why is like everything down to like a public vote? It's very good. It's very funny.
0: Some 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 people obviously inside Hollywood swung their." appendages around, mm. and uh, that got amended, fixed, mm-hmm. some might say, yep. so when we can watch, when we have our Oscar party next Yay. Monday, we'll be able to watch all of them. I went to the awards. op shop
1: today to look for a dress. Oh,
0: yeah? Any luck? Couldn't
1: find anything, but I know what I'm going to wear, and it's going to be sick.
0: Excellent. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I want to ask, did mm. you see the teaser trailer for Frozen 2? Did I send that to you? I think I did. No, you didn't. No. Well, I'm a terrible person. No. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh. Stop recording. <laughs> so Damascus has literally just finished watching the teaser trailer i have uh what's your initial thoughts
1: i was like fuck you!" Yeah. <laughs> i was uh geeking out over her trying to break those ways baby yeah. that was awesome yeah um i did say that i've, I've got all their names hans no that was a bad guy
0: uh sven no that sven. might be the thing one of them yeah
1: yeah anyway when he's the on the, the reindeer the,
0: the useless guy yeah r- remind- troll guy
1: Oh, yeah, he's the troll guy. <laughs> the troll yeah, it's guy. been a well while since I watched it. Me too. Yeah, when he was riding his little reindeer, it reminded me of Chris Pratt in uh, Jurassic World. <laughs> with the, with on the, the bike with the yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm kind of psyched. I'm kind of psyched for it. I, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, my thoughts were, oh, yeah, I enjoyed Frozen a lot. Don't know if we need a sequel. Where can you really go with that sort of story? Mm. You know, It felt like it was a pretty complete yeah, like retelling of the um, Snow Queen or whatever you want to call it. And the thing... The the smart move was like, well, if we want to get people to watch a sequel, let's make it a Tolkien esque fantasy epic. Apparently, mm-hmm. the like I, a bit removed from that. But the start with um, Elsa spoilers. Apparently, for Frozen Two, if you don't want to see this marketing for some reason, maybe just switch your head a couple of minutes. Oh yeah, true. That's that's just a, something that maybe we push it out there um, when she's trying to yeah. Get across the waves. Mm. That is that is very very well edited and like, I loved to the music. It. It's very yeah. cool. Instantly gets you like mm-hmm. blood pumping. You just like there's so many questions you want to know. It's like why is she trying to do oh, this? She's, she's so determined. In yeah, here? what's going oh. on? Mm-hmm. And then when they like cut to like Disney, um, and then they cut back and she's doing it again. Mm-hmm. She gets that little bit further the next mm-hmm. time. It's like I'm really I'm so invested in that. Yeah. Whatever's going on here, I love it. <laughs> it looks very different because I think of Frozen and frozen there's a frozen world in kingdom hearts so i've been cuz bring that up every episode apparently Ugh. and we spend a lot of time there and you know i think about like all the snow and stuff and like it's got a very specific look it's quite bright in a lot of ways it's not a dark film at all mm. and I this is seems to be
1: glowing glowing yeah, yeah exactly mm. right
0: and so this looks it's there's a there's a different feel to it's, it, to its, its worth, imagery.
1: The beginning is dark and then it becomes earthy.
0: Earthy is yeah. maybe a good word for mm-hmm. it and because I don't want to say dark because dark implies it's like dark and gritty and like Batman Begins, no, The Dark Knight. No. It's not like that. It's just not got no. something. It's got Elsa's a dip- not
1: speaking like, I'll fucking freeze you to death, motherfucker. <laughs> but that would be something. <laughs> Swear to me. <laughs> um,
0: no, and it's, but there's a, it's got a definite different feel to it and that mm. first shot is just like, oh, this feels different and then yeah, all the other imagery you see, and particularly that last shot where Anna like gets the sword off the troll guy and mm-hmm. like attacks the screen. It's like I don't know what's happening here, but I'm co- I'm keen to find out. Yeah, me too. Very intrigued. I
1: shall be watching it.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm at least going to be looking for the next trailer to go oh, yeah, answer some point. questions and see if I still care. Get too excited. But as far as teasers go, that's as good as a teaser I've seen mm-hmm. for. A Disney film in a long time. Damask, what do you have for us for Off Topic Hot Topic?
1: Oh, I have news people. I found a show and I'm loving it. So, I was at work recently talking to a fellow and he was asking me about podcasts and we were chatting about TV and he was like, oh, you know, W- I was asked me what my favorite shows were and I listed them off, one of which was obviously Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. He loves Last Airbender mm-hmm. and Korra and all I that like stuff. I like him already. And we we're having great conversations about that. And he was like, oh, have you seen The Dragon Prince? I was like, "Nut, nah, never heard of it. He's like, oh, well, the head writer from Last Airbender, Aaron this Erhas- Yeah, so he's the co-creator. So I started watching it on my lunch break. I just watched the first episode and immediately I was like, huh. I really like these characters already. Like, they're just doing something really cool with them. They're, they're likable. They're interesting. Character design for everyone is amazing. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I started watching it and then I got home and watched a few more episodes and I messaged you. I was like, have you watched this? If not, watch it. I messaged our mutual friend, Ben. I was like, have you watched this? If not, watch it. Uh, and then I messaged my girlfriend. I'm like, watch this show. You have to watch this show. So she started watching it and loved it. And then I went to her house last night and we watched it together. Stayed up way too long, just way too late, just marathoning it. That's always a good sign. Yes. It's it's so good. It's so funny. It's just like Lord of the Rings meets meets Avatar, meets Game of Thrones, it's this amazing fantasy world. Um they've got the what I love in TV shows when they make a family out of characters. Yeah, yeah. They have that aspect. It's fucking cool and everyone should be watching this show. It's it's amazing. It makes me so happy.
0: One of the things I had seen, I'd seen the trailer at some stage on Netflix, just mm. sort of looking through, and the animation style is mm. different because it's obviously computer 3D animated. Yeah, it
1: took me a little while to get used to the animation, mm-hmm. um, but now I love it. Okay. No, I mean, some of the action sequences are mesmerizing and I mm. watch it and I've just got a great big smile on my face. Like I'm having so much fun watching it. It looks so cool.
0: It's interesting that you brought this up the other day, you messaged me, and Mm. then I was on Twitter, and someone I follow on Twitter, Laura Dale, aka Laura K. Buzz, she's like a video game journalist, very famous for talking about video game butts. And she was like, she she outright said, I think Dragon Prince might be better than Avatar. Mm. And she's like, I can't back that up completely, because it isn't over, but it's certainly heading in that direction, Mm -hmm. which... Coupled with what you said, really got my <laughs> spine tingling. Going, well, I need to watch this goddamn show.
1: Yeah, you really do. So, and I kind of like, I love Avatar, but I'd be interested to see how I feel at the end of it because I can imagine myself loving it more.
0: That's that's very I'm, cool. I'm
1: having so much fun with it. Like, it's just been such a relief to watch. I'm like, fuck yeah, cool new show. That's so exciting.
0: Um, I think we should try and do this for the podcast yeah so we we try and fit it in try somewhere. and fit it in find a slot somewhere coming up because i'm dying to watch it but if it's as good as you say it is i would like to yeah. gush about it. i wasn't and need for
1: everyone new- who's like oh you know i don't have time at home very short episodes very short seasons like 25 minute episodes yeah like
0: nine it, episodes per season yeah and it's, it's very easy to get through total of 18 episodes so far yeah two seasons out mm-hmm. the third season likely coming middle yeah. to the later half of yeah. this year i'm
1: almost at the end of season two and, you know, I just started watching it the other day. Like, it's very easy to consume. And let's, I had to watch eight hours of True Detective. So, you know, I've been able to fit it in, guys. So I'm sure you can as well.
0: Sure. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to talk
1: about? Yes. Yeah, so just before I watched the first episode of The Umbrella Academy.
0: Ooh, what'd you think?
1: Um, Very, I'm intrigued. I'm not sold yet. It's a pretty uh, dense um, plot and. Characters are interesting. The show design is interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I think it has potential to be really cool. It's got Mm -hmm. really cool aspects. I mean, there's a chimpanzee butler.
0: That's cool. Which is
1: fucking sick. I'm into that. Um, Superheroes, I'm interested. But I'm not convinced that it's good yet. Does
0: it style? The style, because if I remember correctly, and maybe Mm. I'm getting this wrong, because I probably am, the Umbrella Academy comic books... Were like written by I want to say, or somehow influenced by like Fallout
1: Boy or something like that. Or oh, I can totally see that of
0: like a mm. band of that sort of emo yeah. sort of persuasion at the time. Um, I'm going to double check this, but does that like so? I remember the style and people who were sort of into that music scene were very excited by the comics. I assume that came across with the show. Does that sound right? I mean,
1: or? yeah, vaguely. It's how do I describe it? So I guess just with the premise, it's. You know, all these kids were born on the same day by women who at the beginning of that day had not been pregnant. So, all these women all across the world had babies that just randomly appeared in their stomachs. Um, and then this old billionaire guy bought them up and then raised them to be like superheroes because they had superpowers. Right. Um, they, they meet back up when that billionaire has died. And so far, not a lot has been revealed. Um, but yeah, it's I, I think it'll be interesting... I Yeah, we'll just see how it goes, I guess. I'm, I'm very tentative about it, but I'll, I'll keep you all updated as I go along. It's
0: certainly getting some positive reception online. I've seen a few mm. people been watching it and generally it's been pretty positive.
1: Yeah. I Because we do have like that kind of band of characters that you want to kind of, I guess, create a family. Um, even though they are technically family, um, I, I hope they're able to do that. But so far it's just, it's very mysterious at the moment. So it's kind of a little hard to grasp exactly where it's going.
0: So, the band that was involved was My Chemical Romance. Sorry, I, I was in the ballpark. Right. In what, in I what, in what way? Yeah. Um. So, Jared Way, I believe, of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. So, he was like the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. And he is one of the creators of Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. So sure. it's
1: created by, written by. Yeah. There you go. Interesting. I have yeah. no idea. I
0: might be my facts a little bit wrong there. I'm just doing a quick right. search, but that I believe to be true. So, that's I just remember, yeah, friends of ours who were big into that music scene were right. excited at the time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, it's funny because I haven't seen that part of that part in the advertising and maybe I've just missed it. I
1: mean, it doesn't feel emo. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, at okay. All. Interesting. At all. I think maybe or just it's even just mentioning another...
0: that, like maybe My Chemical Romance doesn't have quite the stock it used to have or <laughs> I remember that was a big part of the advertisement mm. when the comic came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. I, I
1: think now it would be um, detrimental. Might to, be, it
0: might well yeah. be. That's a good People point.
1: Like, that's lame.
0: Anything else to mask? That's
1: it for me, buddy.
0: You. I, I think there's one thing you, else you want to talk about. You did what? get your Switch.
1: I did get my Switch, but I don't know what else to say other than I've been playing a lot of Zelda lately. Nice. <laughs> yes.
0: This is mm-hmm. Zelda Breath of the Wild.
1: That's right. I'm just about to fight my first Divine Beast, nice. so I'll be doing that. But no one cares about that. I do. Yeah, you and I are friends. We can talk about that uh, in our personal time. I want to this talk about... This is not a video game podcast. I've I- told you that a million times. I want
0: to talk about Tetris 99, which has taken over my life. It's on the Switch as well. But yeah, we're not talking about it. Tetris 99. Tetris is still a great game, guys. <laughs> Tetris is still the best. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to our spoiler-free review of True Detective Season 2. Let me clue you in. Season in review... True Detective Season 2 leaves behind Louisiana for a new story in California and follows the interweaving stories of officers from three cooperating police de- departments investigating the death of corrupt c Major Ben Casper and the closely related dealings of career criminal Francis Frank Semyon attempting and failing to legitimise his business with his wife Jordan. Mick Pizzolotto returns once again as sole writer, however, he was not joined by Season 1 director Kerry Joji Fukunaga. Season 2 instead features work from a handful of celebrated directors, including Justin Lin and Jeremy Podeswa, and stars Colin Farrell, Rachel McAdams, Taylor Kitsch, Kelly Riley, and Vince Vaughn, taking a break from comedy to play Frank. Season 2 consists of 8 episodes each coming in at around 57 minutes with an 83-minute finale and took us approximately eight hours to watch. Before we start talking about Season 2, Damask, let's remind the listeners what we thought of Season 1 of True Detective.
1: I loved it. It was great. I um, had beautiful writing, matched with incredible style, match with fantastic performances. It was uh, It was something really special that felt like it came out of nowhere, yeah.
0: Absolutely. We this is. It was our second time watching it when we mm. re-reviewed it um, last week or a couple of weeks back. And I think we both decided it was a five in the end. We loved it yeah. immensely. So, with that in mind, we hadn't seen season two we of hadn't. True Detective before. Uh, can you give us your spoiler-free review, please, Damask?
1: I can. I did not like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this season, I feel of True good Detective, to be able to let this out. Thank
1: God, Broad Tommy's like we can't mention that we don't like it until we actually start talking about. It. I'm like, oh god, buddy, that's gonna be hard. All right, look, I to be fair, I did have low expectations, and it didn't even reach those. <laughs> so, what don't I like about what they've done here? Well, it commits the most terrible of all sins when it comes to TV. It's fucking boring. Mm. It feels like watching a vague description of someone who once dreamt about watching The Departed. (laughs) It's just, it's about cops and politics and corruption. And I don't know who any of the fuckers are. Every time someone opens their mouth, it feels like a name generator is spewing on me. And maybe I would be able to follow who's who if I cared about how everyone was connected. But I don't care about our protagonists, the anchors of the season. They're so uninspired and tired. Now, the actors are great. I don't want to disparage them. I think they're giving um, great performances for the most part. But the material they're given is a snooze or so overwritten it's oh. laughable. Oh. Genuinely laughable. Everyone talks like Russ did in last season.
0: Everyone.
1: But there are two things that made the first season and the character of Rust not only tolerable but realistic. One, when he was spewing philosophical lyrical bullshit, there was usually someone there to tell him to pull his head out of his ass or to roll their eyes. He was poignant, deep and took himself very seriously – But the show did not, and that was key. I'm
0: so glad you brought this point because I wanted to bring this up too. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this show has everyone taking themselves so seriously and talking like they've just walked out of a film noir or a Western, which brings me to point two. This show has dialogue that needs style. There is no style here. Season one could get away with a lot of drama and a lot of over-the-top dialogue because it was a southern gothic tale. This show has nothing. It's not even a good gangster TV show. If they want to have a film noir type corruption thing, do it, but commit all the way, take me there. This season doesn't, and the whole thing ends up feeling like a parody of itself. There you have it. I don't like it. Wouldn't recommend it. It's boring. I want my eight hours back. Brod?
0: Uh, just before I get into kind of my review, um, you mentioned The Departed. Mm-hmm. I want to say, mm-hmm. I came to The Departed a little bit after it was sort of winning Best Pictures, yeah. Oscars, and like people were raving about it. think it's pretty overrated, that film. I disagree. But what I thought was interesting was when people, there was recently a, uh, people were polling this on Twitter, mm. which one of Scorsese's films would you get rid of if you mm. had to get rid of one? And like ninety, like that of the list that were there, ninety percent said said the departed.
1: Really? Yes,
0: yes. I I, that, I, that, mean, I that's, think that has not. I think has uh, uh, people have since come around and gone. You know what? Maybe not as good as we thought it was at the time. Disagree.
1: But it's also it's a remake
0: of another film, which doesn't yeah, help as well as uh, can't remember the name of the. And film. And
1: also, I think just says a lot about Scorsese's body of work.
0: Mm. Oh Particularly that's the, that's that's really important to Not so Raging much Ball like his later like, stuff. Yeah, but there's sure. some
1: really incredible work there.
0: 100%. Mm. That that yeah, it was up against the rest of his yeah. yeah, catalog. Um my I honestly do not have a written review like I normally would. Uh you have said most of what I want to say. <laughs> and I kind of just want to do that. I think one of the things I want to do though is A I want to say that I I feel like if I would t- I could easily rag on this show like just go in and like maul at it. Mm-hmm. But I kind of don't want to because I, I yeah, there are real sections, particularly the writing, that I felt like you found laughable. Mm-hmm. I found some of the action weirdly comical
1: mm-hmm. when
0: it was trying to be serious. Yeah, I found exactly what you said, the characters to be boring, uninspired cliches where I just didn't care about them. And they were all such awful people that I didn't want to care about them for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances are generally okay at times. And there are some highlights here and there. But like you, I just was... I was bored. It's funny. We talk about pace sometimes. And I think pace gets mixed for, up with saying this was just slow. That's not what pace is. Because the first season of True Detective has is very slow and methodical. Mm-hmm. But it has a that certain thing rhythm is and the thing. pace yeah. to it. It also has that very cool framing device, which helps to keep pulling you along mm-hmm. because there's, like, they've set you up to uh, to give you these little mysteries and give you these little hints as to where things are going and to be looking out for that invested in where things are going that mm-hmm. way. This season doesn't have that. It's got four main characters who are just as boring as each other and there's not one that I give a shit about or I actively dislike them. Mm. And it's whereas, I don't want to get too much spoiler in on season one, in case people haven't seen that, this is still the non-spoiler section. But the relationship between Marty and Rust is this great, like, odd couple act that is entertaining as much as it can be serious. It's about very mm-hmm. serious things the first season.
1: And also like one character informs the other. You know what I they mean? They are yeah.
0: there's a duality there. That's really mm-hmm. important. And so when they're having a discussion about religion or about Sort of humanity, or about being about police being fathers, or even. police work, or whatever yeah. it might be. There is this sort of back and forth mm-hmm. that's happening. There's that's, a
1: rhythm there,
0: yeah, and there's a rhythm there too. Exactly right. That's really interesting. And like, if we talk about pace, at the other end of the spectrum, something can be too fast as well. Something like I reviewed Aquaman a little bit a while back. Mm. And I said how that was having an action beat every two and a half pages rather than every 10 pages. And like a lot of people have really enjoyed that because it's kind of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But I found myself detached from that film because it was too fast. Pace doesn't have to do with speed. Pace has to do with how well are you delivering mm-hmm. this story. Yeah. And this is not, it's just so deadpan. I think it's really missing the influence of Keri Joji uh, Fukunaga as well. I think...
1: Style. Where is the the style? style.
0: And the bit that's crazy is coming after this, I hadn't been paying a lot of attention until afterwards, seeing the pedigree of the directors who are in this, Mm. Justin Lin, who has done a lot of the Fast and the Furious movies, he did... Fury movies? Fast and the Furious movies, thank you. Mm -hmm. He did um, some episodes, great episodes of Community. He is a pretty talented director and... He didn't bring anything to this that I could see, really.
1: Maybe, and this is just pure, purely speculative, but perhaps because Nick and the director from season one, because he was all the way through, perhaps there was, and they were starting this thing from the very beginning, maybe there was more room for collaboration on things, more and of a say from the director. Maybe this time that wasn't allowed. Who knows?
0: I do wonder about that, whether because Carrie wasn't there, mm. all of a sudden the main big player here has got to be Nick. Right? Mm-hmm. He's the guy, the, the holdover from last season. He's the guy who wrote it. Mm-hmm. He's all of a sudden been like praise. and probably told to get this season out pretty quickly too. Like, yeah. got to follow this up, man. You're going to get season two because season one was such a huge hit. And then also what we had the last season, and we don't know how much this in, influenced things, but we had executive producers in um, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. And so- that means they had some amount of creative influence
1: mm. on that
0: as well. So you've got these two lead actors who are also yeah. heavily invested in
1: I mean, they were executive exactly producers this time, but obviously weren't probably weren't there. Right.
0: But that that might be, be more of a financial state, yeah, right? I think so. They aren't in this one. They aren't probably going to be on set for this one, right? Mm. So all of a sudden you've got these big, great new actors coming in in Rachel McAdams and um, Colin Farrell and all that sort of stuff. But they don't have, There's the, the directors as well, don't have the same sort of hold over the entire story. Mm. Nick is that voice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure True Detective was his first show too. Mm. He hadn't really done anything before that. I just feel like something got lost here. It was rushed out.
1: Yeah. And- I, I can't remember what um show we were talking about, but I think it was a case in which the second season was just as good, if not better. Than the first, and I, I was know. talking about Marvelous how-
0: Marvelous Mrs. Maisel,
1: maybe? Yeah, maybe that was- Yeah, I think that might be it. Mm. And I was saying, you know, so often you'll have like- People will have a really successful first season, and egos get very big, um, and ideas get so big that it's kind of hard to scope them or rein them in.
0: The sophomore album problem that bands have.
1: Yeah, exactly. It feels like, yeah, things are a little too big, and they and it's just- become nothing now mm. like the that special kind of I've got a really cool story to tell here it is this is just I don't know I've got a convoluted mess of something um but all oh, people loved my writing so I'll just put a shit ton of that in it
0: Yeah yeah people loved Cole right everyone mm. was talking about Cole after season mm-hmm. 1 it was interesting reviewing season season 1 again that we sort of both gravitated towards Marty a bit more mm-hmm. and felt like we understood what that what was being said that yeah. second time around But at the time, everyone was talking about the Matthew McConaughey performance, so Mm -hmm. put lots of that into the next season. And exactly what you said, that it was missing that dichotomy, that someone to call it out and say, you're talking weird. Why are you you saying weird things like that?
1: Yeah, it's just this idea of like, well, sure, you can have a character that says or spews things like that Mm. out. The show itself can't take itself that seriously because it's just a fucking wank like unless you've got the style to match it it's just it feels awkward and embarrassing
0: i I, bottom line is i really didn't like the season i part of me wonders whether comparing it to season one is fair because they are separate stories and season one being so good and this being such a step down does make me think Mm. less of it like
1: yeah i wouldn't compare it so much except there is clear residuals from rust in every mm. single one of these characters, so it's really hard to not, particularly with the Vince Vaughn character, mm-hmm. with just a lot of his dialogue and stuff. Though it's it's sprinkled throughout, just made me go, "Come on!" Like that's clearly his writing style. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And so on that, I don't know. I kind of feel like in some ways this reminded me of how I felt about like watching. Luke Cage at times, or mm. um, not just Kid Jones necessarily, because that was one of the better ones. Uh, Iron that Fist and stuff one. like that. Yeah, true. Especially the first season. But like those sorts of shows, where I just the the pace wasn't there. That that those shows had a problem of being too long, right? Mm. They were thirteen episodes, and they should have been ten or so sort of stuff. And apparently there was. Some of the talk that came out of the new these last cancellations were that Netflix wanted to reduce that number, but Marvel wouldn't let them. Mm. <laughs> Which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that another time maybe. Um this doesn't have that problem. I think eight is an appropriate episode for the amount of story you've got here. Yeah. But just I just was bored. Mm-hmm. I was so uninterested in this show. Yeah. I had a hard time focusing or caring, as you said, name generators, just <laughs> those. That's the thing again about the first season of True Detective, that underlying mystery is A, a little bit more focused, I think, Mm -hmm, which is helpful. But it works because it's really... There are whole episodes where we barely spend any time actually learning anything about the investigation. Mm -hmm. It's just sprinkled in. And it's more of a... Talking about the weaknesses of these detectives and then finding their journey, right? This has got that too, but the the mystery, the investigation is so much more convoluted and complicated as to just be like, I don't care about this, guys. Yeah. I don't, I don't care.
1: How much like different weaving in and out of like corruption, plus we've got someone on the other side of it. All these names are being spewed out. but So, everyone's talking about other people, Mm. but we're not seeing any actual relationships. And so, it's just like, I don't fucking know who that random person in unknown city council is like. What the fuck are we talking about?
0: There's this thing that happens early on, so I'm not going to consider this spoilers, where, um, and I said it even in the in the introduction before, where they bring the three cops from the three different departments together. Mm. And I've, we've seen that work before. That worked really well on The Wire, where mm-hmm. you put these three people in a room and like shake them about a little bit and yeah. have them do this work together and see what happens. And I just did not feel that happening at all.
1: No, not <laughs> at all.
0: And there's a lot. There's some relationships they try to develop in here that I don't give Ugh. a shit about. Yeah. In fact, I actively was like, "Why are we? Why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we here?"
1: There was a lot of why. A Whying lot of why. Going
0: on. Yeah. We should move on to spoilers so we can talk about this a bit more in depth. Uh, what's your score out of five, Damascus?
1: I'm going to give it a two because it's not a total disaster. I think that's pretty fair.
0: I think two as well. I felt like part of me in certain moments wants to just like. Give it a 0. 0.5 or one. Yeah, you a 1, want to decimate
1: it, don't you? But like, it's just—it's not compared to true detective season one. It's fucking awful. Yeah. But compared to television in general, it's it's boring. But there's good performances. I don't know. It's it, 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 fine.
0: It, it it works. What it it at the end of it, I'm going okay. That was a story, I guess. It mm. just wasn't one that I liked or cared about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's serviceable in terms of actually working as a series, I think. They
1: have actors and a story, so you get two (laughs) stars
0: for those two things. Uh, Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers, though maybe it's not... You don't want to turn off just because of spoilers this time.
1: Just keep listening. Just keep
0: listening. Spoiler warning. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one and two of True Detective. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of True Detective up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have have been been
1: warned, motherfucker. (laughs) Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Story time with Damask. As corruption grows in 1950s Los Angeles, three policemen, one straight-laced, one brutal, and one sleazy, investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. (laughs) I'm joking. That was the synopsis for LA Confidential. Just watch that instead. Deep
0: Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. (gasps) I love that so much. That was an incredible story time with (laughs) the I did think about LA Confidential a few times when, Mm. like, just that it was definitely. Gone I have watched that, that since I
1: was like fifteen or something, but I was just like, you know what? I'd rather be watching that.
0: Totally. Um, so I just want to say as well, we will talk, even though they're not connected. Mm. Um, although they, there are some thematic similarities in there between season one, and season two. We, I want to put that we might talk about season one a bit, mm-hmm. because I, I think comparing them is a big part of mm-hmm. discussing it. So yeah. there are sports for season one in here, even though oh, yeah. this Let's story is disconnected. Let's talk about what went
1: wrong. Yeah. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, is there anything in particular you want to start with, there, Damask?
1: Oh, let's talk about Vince Vaughn and the Baby Chronicles. Oh <laughs> my god, I did
0: see. Did you tweet me or or message me and was saying just like I, d- I
1: just messaged you because I was so angry. If
0: I have to hear about Vince Vaughn talking about having babies. a baby
1: one more fucking time, I was at that point. I was like, I've had enough of this shit. Why is this in every episode? There's about two to three scenes of him and his lady friend talking about trying to have a fucking baby. I don't care. Why would I care? I don't know you people, other than the fact that you guys want to have a baby. There's no relationship here. Also. Uh, okay, hold mm, on. Let's, yep.
0: let's go there. there you, there's no relationship there. you don't think. <sighs> no. Nah. I, think, I think there is something to that, maybe. I think there is the idea of, like, this guy sort of being a mobster or, a, you know, a career criminal. He's trying to legitimize his business. He's... There, the discussion about like his relationship with his father and mm. the idea of a legacy and what it what it would mean to get out of this and to move on when things are starting to be taken away from him that he's worked hard to get to, even if it was illegitimately,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like there is something there.
1: There is something there with Vince Vaughn, absolutely sure. Sure, I, we, we I got a bit there. even
0: to a degree. Think there is with her. I hard think, to disagree. Okay, I think ultimately though, again, I'm just not convinced. I'm not convinced of them, right? The idea of what they're talking about, sure. But I don't
1: Well, that's what I'm talking for them. about. So, sorry, sorry. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, of course, there's like on the page, there's stuff of like, yes, he's like risen up and he's just about to go like straight and stuff yeah. and it's great and he loses everything and he's trying to battle through it um, and she's there and she's been by his side for a really long time. There's loyalty there and there's love there. That's awesome. Those two having a conversation Mm -hmm. is fucking so unrealistic, laughable, unrelatable. This is so. This is one of the main things I was thinking of when I was like, "Where is the style in this show?" Yeah, this woman is from a film noir. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, daddy, I just wish I could have a baby." You know what I mean? She's just like, "I've had so many abortions. I'm a scarlet woman." Like she, she was just nothing. She was this. whimsically spoken woman who was just obsessed with one thing and her man and that was fucking it and i was so bored by it
0: and she was so she was so dedicated to him Mm. uh not really like so supportive like trying to like yeah he was just who she is yeah yeah you don't do we ever have a scene of just her Her. Do we ever have a scene of Jordan just by herself without Vince Ford in the room? It was
1: only until the end when she was like with Rachel McAdams. I don't remember any of their fucking names because I refuse to. When she was with. And Jordan, I think. Shut up. When she was with (laughs) Rachel McAdams and Rachel McAdams Jr. And it was just those two, for what it looked like at that point, those two on the run. I'm like, I want to watch that show. Yeah,
0: that was so much more interesting. That was, I was
1: like, oh, I want to fucking watch them like being fugitives in Venezuela. With a baby. With a fucking baby. That's a baby. cool idea for a Way show. Way cooler. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I hope that's what season three is about. But yeah, no, I that was the only point of interest the entire fucking show. And they get lost in the crowd.
0: Do you, Okay, so let's talk about Vince Vaughn. For a moment. He mm-hmm. got came into this and there was a lot of groaning, I think, when he was cast because everyone's like, this is the comedy guy. This is the, mm. you know, I don't even remember his comedy films because I haven't liked many of them. Um, um
1: Wedding Crashes.
0: Right, okay. And <laughs> so he's taken a serious turn here playing Frank.
1: Dodgeball. Dodge Nailing ball. it over here. You are
0: yeah. doing very well. Um things that Owen Wilson have been still playing Anyway, the yeah, he is taking a serious role and Okay, is that why you cast Vince Vaughn, though? Like, surely, and I'm not saying I have any confidence in his ability to do this, but surely when you get Vince Vaughn, you get him because maybe he brings a little bit of that, I want to say charisma. Again, I don't like Vince Vaughn anyway, but he's not (laughs) trying for anything here. He is so deadpan. He is just Mm -hmm. saying the words and looking around the room with his shifty little eyes sometimes. And it's just, I don't, I'm not engaged with much of what he's saying or his passion, there's nothing. It's so like, and I understand the symbolism of that house there at the start, how it's just mm-hmm. like big and empty, and they sort of like, is this really where they need to be? Then they get into that house later. And I don't, know, but the scenes felt big and empty and boring.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, they they did. I think he was. Okay, in it. Like, he. Okay I, is true. I, yeah, it's I think there was bland. like a lot of humanity in that character that actually was devoid in some others. Sure. Um. So I think he was doing a good job, but there just wasn't enough meat on those bones. Yeah. That, like, because this story is really split into four characters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're jumping here and there and stuff. And really, he's given two storylines. One is that. He's having trouble in his relationship because of the baby thing and he's Mm -hmm. struggling and also he's lost everything. And so we understand that he's trying to like placate his partner um, and he's also trying to like rise back to the top, but we don't really spend any quality time with him as as a person full stop.
0: In terms of we don't find out, apart from knowing that he needs the well, money to start yeah. a new life and the money has been taken from him, he needs to get it back. Like, we don't I know want, what he I cares want about.
1: Real true moments of him fucking freaking out or being that boy alone in that dark room. I don't want a fucking monologue about yeah, it. I don't yeah. want him talking about being paper mache. Yes.
0: For yes, fuck's
1: sake. Yes. I, like, give me something real to hold on to about that person.
0: I think that's all my notes is that there is a lot of telling not showing mm-hmm. here, whereas a lot of people saying how they feel in a very...
1: This is someone in love with their own writing yeah. and getting in the way of their story.
0: And that's the other thing I wonder about is the direction here and like it, again, I think you're right that Vince Vaughn is doing fine. Mm. You know he's he's not actively terrible, yeah. but I do think he's miscast, or he was not given anything to work with direction wise. Mm-hmm. He's given this script that's full of talk about paper mache yeah. and the stains on the roof and the darkness in the basement. Yeah,
1: the thing is, like you can have that kind of stoicism, cool cat vibes when he's like. In mob boss mode mm. with other people. But let's have some, like, some different levels there when he is with his partner, when he, or when he's alone and he's not doing a fucking monologue at someone. Please, please. It's
0: always monologues, though. <sighs> it's that, or it's either inverted commas, like clever banter, where someone, it's always those two, it's that two prong attack where someone mm. puts up something and someone has a really, uh, like overly written response That's poetic Yeah For inverted commas I've written some of them down But I'll have to find them oh, I've written them. some down Oh what well. have you got Please go for it
1: Oh I've just had um. Yeah one was Everything is like paper mache Yes And then another line That made me go Fuck off Was um. his like henchman guy He's yeah. like He looks like half anaconda Half great white I was like <laughs> Oh my god
0: Okay, here's some other choice mm. ones. I don't even remember the context of some of these. I used to want to be an astronaut, but astronauts don't even go to the moon anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. I'll come back, and no, this isn't even poetic, but anyway, this is a threat. I think Vince Vaughn said someone, "I'll come back and butt fuck your dad with your mum's headless corpse." No, that's no, what that was. That was Ray Burrell. to that kid who was yeah. a bully to his son. Mm-hmm. You can talk about how much a terrible daddy is in a second. Um, I tried one once felt like it was smoking me that was colin farrell talking about e-cigarettes yeah <laughs> felt like it was smoking me um you know what they say about flies and honey what will i what will i want with a bunch of flies well if you don't have flies you can't fly fish fuck uh well this was a good line too from uh, colin farrell to uh, amy mcadams well just so you know i support feminism um it's actually quite funny that bit i didn't mind that one
1: Oh, I think when Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell are having a conversation, one of them says, I'm feeling epiplectic or something. And yes. the other one's like, I'm feeling a little epiplectic myself. Yes. I'm sorry, like, blue-collar cop. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, epiplectic? <laughs> what is that, going on? Is that a
0: noir film. Mm.
1: Oh.
0: <clears throat> Maybe, and this is just a thought, you were put on this earth for more than fucking. Everything is fucking. Oh,
1: my God. Firstly... It's not, um, but oh, okay. So this line fucking killed me. Actually, yeah. Here we go. I'm just bringing it back purely from memory because I was like, "Fuck you!" Uh, in the the last episode, when Colin Farrell is calling Rachel McAdams, and he's like, "Oh, I'll be there. Um, You're gonna need a restraining oh, order." Yeah, I and she goes, down. "No, I won't." I'm like, "That's her yeah. way of saying I love you." <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, "No, do you dumb shit?" He was joking.
0: No, but that was no, no. He was he was no, joking I know. and. Like, that was her way of saying, I love you. Because then he goes to say it and she's like, I'll see you soon. And then they end the phone call. No,
1: I get it. It's just a no, dumb no, way I know to you fucking get it. talk. It's just
0: terrible It's what it is. I know but you get it. Because
1: that's the thing. It's like, that's what I don't like about these people. They're all a fucking drip. Like, he <laughs> yes. yes. makes this like yes. funny, like cute yes. little comment. And she's like, very serious being like, no, you won't. It's just like, ugh. That's how I felt like after everyone said anything, I was just like, ugh. Well, okay.
0: Let's talk about that for a second then. Because season one mm-hmm. is full of serious people, mm-hmm. right? There is very little, like, no one makes a joke, you know, in that. Mm-hmm. But there are funny situations. Yes. In sense, like one of my favorite ones I think I talked about last or a couple of weeks back was when Russ shows up drunk and comes to dinner and then Marty has this whole plan for how we'll just make this phone call, this guy will call and you can leave. Mm -hmm. And then when he doesn't leave, that's and Marty's reaction is so funny in that moment. There's so much Mm humour in what is actually a very telling moment for Marty as well early on. I Um, think this
1: show is obsessed with making everyone cool. Like, as in, like, gritty. Like, gritty. Yeah. Um, Now, when I talk about dark, this
0: is like the dark night.
1: (laughs) It becomes entirely unrelatable. And so I don't give a fuck about any of these people. Not even the. And I don't mean relatable in, like, oh, I've been in that situation. I just mean relatable in the fact that, oh, that's a human being that I'm seeing. They
0: they are recognizable as people. Mm -hmm. Yes. 100% agree. Uh, So, Colin Farrell's character, Ray, Mm. uh, his wife. Uh, was raped. Mm. He uh, spoke to Frank and he helped him to supposedly find the guy yep. who he then went and murdered. Mm-hmm. And he's been working for Frank ever since, basically, yep. as mm-hmm. sort of a crooked cop. Um, and then finds out that, A, he's a terrible fucking father. The worst. So this is, this is something that's really hard as well. I understand that you want... and that, Okay, sorry, getting ahead of myself. Last week, we talked about how the true detective season 1 was like about bad men but mm-hmm. how it was actually about these men have got the narrative wrong right mm-hmm. where they think that they're bad men or they think they're very good men and that they're both wrong they're they're more in the middle and they mm-hmm. need to find sort of that guiding light and bring them back into mm-hmm. sort of humanity again right in this one everyone's a bad person <laughs> <laughs> and it's really boring because I don't feel like any of them are making any real progress. or I don't want them to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't want Colin Farrell to have any sort of relationship with his son, no, because he's, he's awful. a fucking awful, awful person.
1: Yeah,
0: awful person. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of there's themes of past trauma in this, right? Every one of our, main characters has got this story of trauma. Vince Vaughn in the basement. Rachel McAdams has this memory of being abused when she was a kid. Ray has killed this person, which has caused trauma for him when he Mm -hmm. finds out that wasn't the right guy. And then uh, Taylor Kitsch's character... He's gay. Well, there's that and also he's like a veteran, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of trauma. Something happened
1: in the mountains or some shit. Sure, right.
0: And so this trauma seems to be the thing that's affecting them. It's like they're all you know zombies walking through their lives they all have a death wish they don't really mm. want to be there they're all terrible people who are protecting themselves or doing keeping people at arm's length because of that trauma mm. but but i find very little redeemable about ray to care about him making progress or improving or improving his relationship with his son or letting his son go or whatever it is that he has to do at the end mm. i just i don't care i just don't there's nothing there. Yeah, I don't
1: care about that relationship at all. I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. Also, your son seems like a bit of a dullard to me. I don't care about him either.
0: That that um, doesn't help. That that it's I don't. He's kind of a blank slate. Nothing. I don't care about kid.
1: the son. Yeah, I don't because he is a blank slate. Absolutely. Yep. Um. Clearly, he's shut down because his dad's a fucking psychopath. I get that, but like, give me something to care about the kid. Yep. Um. Yeah, and Ray is a bad father. A really, really bad father. It doesn't matter at the end that he is his biological father. That's not the fucking point. Yeah. Being a dad has nothing to do with biology. It's about loving, caring, being present, being a guiding force in someone's life, which he has never been or has not been for a very long time. Yeah. So who gives a fuck about him or his ownership of that kid? I don't give a fuck about that. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh.
0: And then uh, we've got bristly Rachel McAdams.
1: Who... Oh, She's just like, loves sex and doesn't care about emotion because she was sexually abused. Mm. Mm, gritty. There was also a scene
0: that... Felt counterintuitive and I don't know whether I was meant to be thinking bad things about Annie at this point or being agreeing with her. Remember we kind of liked in season one, there's very few female characters, but the men's relationship with women and like that ownership of women and mm-hmm. sex was sort of brought into question, especially by the um, the bunny ranch owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Rachel has a scene where she's telling this woman that like just outright you're, you're Made for more than having sex and being a prostitute. Mm. And this woman's like, I was having a good life. Like, I was happy with her yeah. that. and you've just come and fucked that up. Thanks a lot. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of questions about how true that is, or what the whole situation around it. But
1: yeah. here's the thing.
0: But and also, oh, mm. the bit the start where she comes in and like s- steps on her sister, basically, who's doing like the webcam mm. stuff. Yeah. She really fucked that up too.
1: Well, here's the thing: is that I don't know what this show is saying or doing That's with I don't any know of what its, its topics. Saying. Yeah. I remember, like writing a note at one point. I was like, "What is this thing- season saying? What is the mission statement? What can we grab fo- from it at least?" I'm like, "Is it about how our pasts affect our children? Is that what it is? Is it I, like I don't know, and I don't know what any of Rachel McAdams' sex stuff—it's—I it's, don't fucking know what we're doing here." Yeah, and it's like, sure, you can bring all these characters together, but like, why? For what? purpose what is the like the thing that is like or things it can be about many things Mm -hmm. but i just want to know what we're doing and that's sometimes you can just be telling a cool story yep but it fails on both fronts with this one it's not saying anything and it's not doing anything i didn't think
0: it was cool i wasn't enjoying it and i wasn't getting anything out of it thematically there was a lot of
1: at least fast and furious is about family god damn it yeah like just give me something
0: uh, how do we feel about the relationship between Ray and
1: Annie? Um, cool. That was my
0: review of the Good Place season three. Just did yeah. there.
1: <laughs> cool. I mean, once again, I I don't care about them. I don't. I don't really know who Annie is, other than she was sexually abused and she's kind of like a bristly asshole. Um. And as for Ray... She's real good with
0: knives. She's yeah, really she's real good, good with knives. she's real good
1: at them. Because um, she feels the need to protect herself because she was abused as a kid. The thing is, like, these people are only their injuries. Yeah. That's all they are. There's no, like... Which is not what people are. People have, like... Injuries and, like, hurts and all of these things. But what makes people really interesting and what makes those stories really interesting is that they are actually more than that.
0: So, so let's talk about Cole for a second then in season Mm. one. He is... So so much of his personality is Mm -hmm. his injuries, though. Mm. So, why is that more successful?
1: Well, his... Yes, he is about his injuries. But in doing that, he has made a way for him to go through life. Mm-hmm. And so it is about it is still about his journey to live to understand life to isolate himself. So yes, he is a, a walking injury, but there is complexity there. You see his 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 pain, you see his inability to connect. But I feel like there's you you understand that it's hurting him, but he wants it. I think. I, mean? I
0: think. I think the wanting it is the bit that's yeah. different there, right? So the best example of that is actually the scene I just mentioned before, where he goes to dinner, right? Mm. And so he has decided this is a bad idea. It's not I don't as want bad to do this. Thought. And and he mm. gets drunk and does all the wrong things. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons for that on the anniversary of his like daughter's birthday or the death mm. day, whatever it was, and all those sort of things. Yeah. But then he gets there. Yeah. And he does it. And
1: he enjoys conversation with his wife, even though it is about his. Child that died. Sure. And then as the season progresses, we see that they do have a friendship. Yes. Together. Yes. And that he is very hurt by what happened between them. Yes. Um. And that, like, he did have a good life for a while. Though he's, he is still an insular weirdo. Yeah. He was able to belong and then that's taken away as well. Like, we have such a journey with both of those characters Agreed. that season. Yeah. This season, we don't really have... Such a complex journey, nor do we have complex characters. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, it's very simplistic.
0: The, because it's funny, um, there's another show we've, we've, uh, reviewed recently that I won't say the name of because I want to avoid spoilers, but we praised that show for its talking about, like, um, or its message of, like, how you need others to, to, Improve, oh, yeah. right? That mm-hmm. trying to do it on your own is mm-hmm. not the answer. That to get better, you need to open yourself to help from others mm-hmm. and to accept that help and to work together. Things are easier done with other people. You can't do anything by yourself, I think, is a line someone says in that show. Mm-hmm. And this show has a kind of similar message with Ray and Annie, where mm-hmm. they come together and I think Annie says, you know, we saved each other, right? Mm. Because they decide to fuck and then talk about their shit. (laughs) And that's the problem, right? It's Mm. so simplistic. And Mm -hmm. I don't believe... I believe that maybe with time and a real friendship, that maybe they could actually be good for each other Mm -hmm. to talk about their trauma or to work through their trauma and help each other to like grow and improve. But instead, we do the laziest thing possible, have them fuck, have them decide they love each other, apparently, which they're kind of not saying at the end there. Mm. It's like... It's not compelling or actually real either. Yeah. It's so simplistic and awful.
1: And I think it's like these two people are then like coming to that point at a moment of like things are like down the dirt. It's a moment of desperation because they're completely alone. Yep. These people have functioned their entire lives or for a very long period of time out of desperation, out of like grasping at things because things are so bad. That's not a change in behavior. That's just grasping to something else. It's because, you know, obviously he was addicted to alcohol and stuff and Mm -hmm. she was addicted to sex and now I guess she's addicted to sex with him or, like, at least, like, a closeness with him. Like, I'm not seeing actual revelatory change of a difference of behaviour. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like, where... There's no Like, like there's so much plot in this show. There's so little character. It's all just like, and then this happened and then this happened and this person is, like... In with this person, that person, we're going to this place, and people are shooting someone here, and blah 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 blah. And in between those, you have tiny moments of characters saying very unrealistic monologues. What, like, what, where is the centre? Yeah. In any of it. Yeah, that's mm. I think
0: is a really good point. Where is I think where is the centre is a very good yeah sort of thought there. So then we've also got Taylor Kitsch's character um, of. Ru- Ru- Rudra whatever who knows it?
1: how much could you erase Rodra? that character completely and not affect the story
0: well they do <laughs> they kill him in episode 7 <laughs> delete and mm. I couldn't
1: care less no I don't care <laughs> could not care less yeah they try to make you care got a baby on the way. Got a baby
0: on the way. Do you know what's interesting? Mm. Women have this magical ability to know when their significant others and their baby dad specifically, apparently, have oh died. Oh, my
1: God. Isn't that interesting?
0: They all feel the it's moment where they get killed. It's because
1: we're connected to the moon <laughs> and we're magical creatures.
0: Mm. <laughs> I, that happens twice and I was like, oh, God, mm. that's terrible. Um, I just, yeah, had very little time for this character. He was a dick as well. He rides fast on his motorbike. He I, I don't know, he's boring. I, yeah. I've got so little to say about him. It's so funny. There is
1: nothing about that character other than the fact that he's secretly gay,
0: which is not well explored at all. Which is,
1: does not a character make no at all. Yeah, There's I don't a lot know of that people dude.
0: saying faggot in this mm, at different they times. They love that. They really do. They
1: really do love it.
0: <laughs> I got nothing else to say about that character. Really,
1: no, because there is nothing to say about that character.
0: Like, again, trauma is something that's there, I guess. I think that I saw that was better done in The Punisher. You know what I mean? Like, that was a whole season of that, but that was way more interesting talking about, like, trauma from being mm. a military vet all those sorts of things.
1: How about let's not have trauma in a show unless you've got something to say about it? Mm. Yeah. Like, it's not...
0: Just everyone's got trauma. They're all working through their shit. is not enough.
1: Do not just make your characters their trauma. Make a character who has trauma. Mm-hmm but don't like the character B trauma. Yeah. It's just fucking dull.
0: Um, I'm running out of things to say, but I was thinking of just maybe <laughs> going through some different things that happened this season, talking about how we felt about
1: mm, stuff that happened. Probably nothing, but go ahead.
0: Um, well, actually, I did want to return... There's a couple of things. The We keep going to that bar, right? Especially with Frank and Ray. They keep in this conversation at the table.
1: You know what that bar needs to do? What? Get a different banding because <laughs> no one is coming to see her. Why? Why do they keep giving her a gig? Do you know
0: what it really reminded me of? What it reminded me of Twin Peaks: The Return. You know how every episode yes. goes to the uh totally. the red mm. whatever the diner, not the diner, the bar or whatever. Yeah. And there's a different band on every mm-hmm. night. and We have a little conversation. Like it was yeah. that weird vibe. Yeah. There was and there's a bit the start of season three when Frank's been shot. Season two. No, so episode three. Sorry, the start yeah. of episode three. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. I know I do a lot i season. Yeah. Sorry,
1: <laughs>
0: you I say seasons, episodes, and all sorts of things. Mm. Um, where yeah, he's been shot at um the house where the murder took place of mm. Casper or whatever, and we start with that weird dream sequence where he's in that same bar and there's this guy mm. singing some song that turns out to be on the radio, mm. and his dad's there, and it was I actually was like. This is doing something. There's, this is trying for something, which I'm enjoying. Because mm-hmm. at least had a little... There was a little bit weird and cheeky and kind of... And even when afterwards, he was having a conversation with Rachel McAdams. It was the closest thing they ever had to like a joke. Mm. I can't even remember what it was. Right. But there was some... Hu- oh, he pissed himself.
1: It's not oh, that funny. Yeah. But- and she's like, it smells like piss. And he's like, oh, have you spoken to this person? Yeah. yeah totally. There was just
0: some stuff there that was mm-hmm. like, oh, there's... Uh, they're attempting to lighten this a little bit or at least... Yeah. Play it differently than straight-laced, gritty, gruff-like gruff, dialogue.
1: I like the word gruff-like.
0: Gruffle, very I'm having to drink. This is the only one I'm going to get to this <laughs> I
1: mean, this I've podcast. finished my beer. I'm waiting for you to finish yours so I can get another one.
0: Um, yeah, and there was something that I enjoyed and then it went away.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: what else was there? Oh, yeah. Did you think anything about those conversations between Ray and... There was one bit where they literally flipped the tables, which I liked. I was like, that was Between something. Between who,
1: Ray and Frank? Where what, what,
0: what, once Ray finds out the guy he killed wasn't the, yeah. his wife's. <laughs> Rapist. So, yeah, he goes to Frank's place mm. and they have the same setup at the table. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's at Frank's house instead of in the bar. Yeah. And they've put them on opposite sides of the camera. I was right. like, ah, oh, the tables have turned. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Wig. <laughs> so that was something at least. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't good. Yep. Um what else do we have? We had the shootout, at the end of episode four. All right, so
1: I was just about to bring this up. Cool. It's like I think it's a perfect example yeah, go of on. this show. Is just so there's a shootout at a warehouse. Yeah. And approximately 535 people <laughs> are shot with machine guns. It's yes. so excessive. Yes. And there's there's no tension. None. There's not a single moment of tension in the entire I thing. literally it's thought funny. it was... Comi- it is funny. Yeah, it's it's funny. comical, right? So many people are getting shot up. It's hilarious. It's
0: comical because these people are terrible at their jobs, mm-hmm. right? When there is... This is happening. And that's the thing. The shootout starts... You know, from a fair way away, and then mm-hmm. the f- explosion goes off, and all those people just hung around,
1: and everyone no just one thought screaming, to get away. holding like a placard, and just get sh- someone gets shot. It's just funny to me the it's, entire thing,
0: and it's just like it's terrible police work. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it, it's just so excessive. And the thing is, it's like this is like oh, everyone's just saying fucking and, shit and
1: yeah, oh fuck shit. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> they just, it's a lot of that, <laughs> and yet they still keep the gunfight going, even though mm. people are being. Killed around them.
1: Yeah, I think if um, yeah, someone's shooting up and has killed about twenty civilians, maybe like back off because one, you're not very. You got what are those like single shotguns? They're pistols. Pistols. Yeah, and they've got like full on AK-16. Yeah, it's like it's fucked up. It's like maybe you need to like retreat a block back cut off the block and get reinforcements because everyone is dead.
0: No one... You know what's interesting? They went in like mm. with a full force, but they never called for reinforcements. No. That did not happen, I'm pretty sure. No. They just kept shooting and shooting and shooting once the whole thing escalated out mm-hmm. of control.
1: Until one point, Rachel McAdams like, you know what? I've run out of bullets. Let's keep going. I've got a tiny knife. Yeah. It's like, it's not going to work out, babe. that's way
0: And... At some point, surely your efforts have to become, let's try and protect the citizens, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, there's people stuck on a bus. Try and help those people off the bus. Don't just cover your buddy's back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your mate, your cop mate, try that bus full of people. Help them out, maybe. Like, do your fucking job. Yeah,
1: like that should be priority number one. Is make sure there are no civilian casualties. This is the difference and between they're all civilian
0: oh, casualties. They're all civilian casualties.
1: It's just like what is it, Superman? Yes, whatever. It's, it's when it's they man run, of steel. yeah,
0: it's Man of <laughs> Steel. Where he's, like, kissing Lois Lane while yeah. Metropolis crumbles. While
1: well, the tiny child's being crushed by a skyscraper. Yes, but he's exactly. like, I love you, baby. Ooh. That's the difference
0: between Man of Steel and the Avengers. In the mm. Avengers, yeah, mm. they're trying to, to defeat the bad guys, but they're also, yeah. like, helping people out of there. Because yeah. that's your fucking job. <laughs> Surely. So a million people die <laughs> in that scene and then we cut to sixty six days later or whatever it is mm. and like these guys have all been suspended or whatnot, have gone through investigations. Fair enough. But this is the thing that I find I find this really frustrating. Like obviously there's a lot of political intrigue into Casper's death, right? Like there's there's ramifications because intrigue of that. Is- Sure.
1: Too much of a word, yeah. But
0: like he's involved <laughs> mm. in like politics in with the mayor or whatever.
1: I still don't understand who the fuck Casper is. <laughs> sure, I got no fucking idea. Or oh, wasn't he a cop that was dirty or something? I, I honestly, I don't know. whatever. There was diamonds at some point. There were
0: diamonds. There was looting, and they were stolen <laughs> by people. And something he had happened
1: the... in 992 with Rodney King, and then these police came in and stole some diamonds and killed parents in front of kids, <laughs> and then the kids became like weird super. Heroes that could change their identity, and then Casper was murdered because he loved prostitutes well, she, and other stuff. Yeah, I don't he, know.
0: she managed to get like hired by him. She recognized him from one of those weird parties, and yep. then she got hired by him. So, that she, and like it's so convoluted it's and crazy. So and I honestly do not follow all of it because there are so many names. Um, I know enough that Frank got fucked over, and I mm, know that there's a big conspiracy just- that involves multiple police departments and mm. that skinny white guy. From Tron Legacy, but like that's about it. <laughs> um, I don't. I I know I could understand it better, and I do not care to. That and maybe like, that makes me one, a shit reviewer. Maybe, maybe this is a bad podcast because of that. But I don't care.
1: But at one point, I was like, you know what? I don't want to know. No, like,
0: I was great. like,
1: I think Twitter is calling me. You guys just keep talking. <laughs> I'm like, Fuck this.
0: The so six six days later, and mm. like. A billion people, like, sometimes I guess. A billion <laughs> people have died in that shootout, and it really feels like
1: it's like Infinity War. Everyone just turns to dust. That's yeah? it. <laughs> exactly
0: yeah. what happened. Thanos arrived. Yeah. there you go. <laughs> uh, but it's when, like, yeah, the Casper thing was a big deal. Was was a big deal for a while. Then there were like all those people died. <laughs> I feel at some point, surely that matters more. Surely I should care more about... But I also feel that way about the fact that there are multiple shootouts and multiple murders throughout this thing. We keep concentrating on this one. And I understand, again, it's a linchpin-like conspiracies and stuff like that. But it's when there's so much death, it makes that single murder at the start Mm. so much less valuable to me.
1: And the thing is like... Because human
0: life is not valuable in this show.
1: I also don't understand how solving... That murder exactly will bring everything down because, like, they keep saying that like everyone's involved and it's a huge big conspiracy. I was just like, oh. it involves so many people. I just don't even understand how. How are you going to win?
0: Well, that's funny because it's there's so there's things that happen in this season that are, are definitely echoing the first season. Mm. There's the middle of our first season where that ends with a shootout, sort of, and then we move on to a little bit further in the future, and then things take mm. off and they reignite the investigation, but outside then mm-hmm. the police because they have to because it yeah. involves bigger conspiracies outside mm-hmm. them, and then it ends with them like. We're going to this final battle. We may or may not come back. Make sure you send that to Mm. the media if we don't come back. What was
1: good about the first season? It involved one fucking family. Yes. Well, that family was convoluted because they were all fucking each other. Sure. Um, Involved one family, two people sitting in a room talking about how they're solving the crime. Yeah. It was very clear to me. Well, and clear I enough. That. It's
0: like we talked about this last week yeah, as well. Yeah, I don't well. need
1: to understand everything. Yeah, But at least I need to be going along with you slightly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm. I understand the Tullys. I understand their influence. Mm. I understand that this involves a lot of people that we don't know who they are, specifically because of masks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we understand how that's relevant to our killer and we're yeah. going to get our guy.
1: And then it's yeah. like clearly like what is happening is like this weird sex pedophile murder ring. That is the very clear crime that it's is taking place. It's also thematically
0: very poignant to what we're talking Added about. Added to in what's terms already of, happening. Yeah. It's
1: all one clear thing, all pointing in one direction. This one is a fucking spider web. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is everywhere. And I just want the spider to take my life already.
0: When So the first season also had three action sequences I can think of. Mm-hmm. The one that's superfluous anyway, which is the one shot bit yeah. in the projects, the one that they like describe as a massive shootout, but really it's just them getting behind two guys and like yeah, like
1: yeah, that's good, just
0: one. killing them. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: execution stuff. But that's
0: so because that's such a that's a different take, right? They could have made that a big shootout, yeah. but what's more interesting is that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But they have to make it seem like yeah. it was, and they tell the story like it was. That's so and. It Much is more way
1: more tense than that actual shootout because one, we're seeing in the future and seeing them lie about it. Yes. Once, not once, but twice, both in the present and the past. Yep. Two, because those guys do genuinely seem dangerous and scary, yep. like when they're going through the house and stuff. And three, we have the little kids in the room and we see the trauma on Marty's face. Yes. So there are different stakes going on and it, it is tense yes. because of those reasons. It's not just people getting fucking minced up yeah. by bullets. Yeah. Mm. And
0: then, and so there's very little death in this show, if you think about it. Like, um, then we have a fist fight, which you might count as action, I guess, in the parking lot. And then the last sequence, which is just one guy and our heroes. Right. Mm. And that, that is that is it. There's, there doesn't need to be big action sequences. It's all about tension. Mm-hmm. And like, and that was so much more compelling than the ridiculously gratuitous violence in this pulling out teeth and like stabbing the guys and slicing people up and big shootouts and in the woods and in the streets and <laughs> fuck i didn't care about any of it no. none of it in the in the not the sewers in the underground railroad anyway the um I think it's called subway subway it's the underground rail
1: the LA underground it is how they got slaves out of america but yeah
0: um <laughs> then there was that sequence where Rachel McAdams goes to one of those parties and yeah. they have that really weird song choice.
1: I don't remember what was it? It's
0: like some orchestral piece right. that was chosen when to When she's
1: like being tracked out, is that when it's happening? I don't even remember. It's in
0: the whole that whole sequence. Right. The two guys are outside getting the documents and stuff like that. Mm. She's inside you know, undercover or whatever. And there's this weird ethereal orchestral piece that's playing throughout. She's drugged, being drugged, mm. so that's part of what they're going for there. But it plays throughout the entire sequence. Right. And again, it felt kind of Lynchian, mm-hmm. but not in a good way this time. In mm. like a, we don't really know how to pull this off. It just, We just <laughs> want to feel sinister and weird and gross, right. this sex party. And that was so strange. And then the final action sequences between... where they take out the guys in the cabin and he, like, shoots the guy. says he thought he was, like, a son to him. And then in the woods and then with the Mexicans out in the desert. He fucked himself over, Frank, too. Why He did not need to attack that Mm. guy.
1: Yeah. Also, you know how Frank says, oh, we need to go rob this place because you can't survive down there without money? Yeah. What's Rachel McAdams doing? Yeah, totally. It's like, fuck it. Are are we following rules or not? Well, like... He, yeah, you just wanted to kill him, I guess. Cool, awesome, good job. It was boring.
0: So the way had like the water motif with Rachel McAdams, the desert motif with Frank, the in the woods, the green motif with. <laughs> You're I'm so checked out. Head. You're so checked anymore.
1: out. I don't care. Do also, can I say I fucking cacked myself when he like when um. Colin Farrell <laughs> fell over the money when he got out of the car into the woods. At that point, I wanted them all to die. So, when he fell over his stupid fucking pile of money and looked like a loser. I was like, yeah, you are a loser. I hope you die in those woods. And he did. So, actually, didn't even get satisfying th- ending.
0: What did you think of the audio letters he was writing? Was-
1: I don't care. They were
0: terrible.
1: Your son doesn't care about you because you're a fucking monster. Pissed? Just leave him alone.
0: And I, I sadly think that... Maybe that that the writer thought that this was a good like noir framing thing. He couldn't. Mm. He didn't want to do his voiceover because that's too cliche. But we'll have him talking to a dictaphone and record his letters to his son. Then commit. That's how. To that's the how we can style. get inside his head. No.
1: If, if you want to do a film noir, fine. But just fucking commit to it. Decide no, no, what you're going to do. See, I
0: disagree with that because the first season did good twists on film noir. We didn't have the voiceover. No, uh, we yeah, had No, that's what I'm saying. Device, is yeah. like.
1: They didn't commit because sure. they don't have the style of it. I just don't think
0: they had the right ideas. I just think they just yeah, didn't. Yeah, totally.
1: No, I just think it was, it was bad. But I could, it was bad. I could... Like a modern take on film noir, sure. Absolutely. But he wanted <laughs> film noir tropes and dialogue and that's it. And it doesn't work at all.
0: What did you think of... Uh- Frank walking through the desert, you know, trudging along, leaving his bloody footprints behind. Oh, he's a ghost <laughs> walking
1: along and then he's a ghost talking to another ghost. And I was like, you know what? If you want to do Supernatural, maybe litter it in a few more times.
0: They did. They did that one other sequence where Ray was shot, thought he was dead, went to the bar. His dad said, you, you know got here before me. know how I said me? a few oh, more sorry, times?
1: Sorry. I don't mean twice. <laughs> Both as... Immemorable as the last <laughs> Fucking hell
0: I think we should move on
1: Any last words? Final thoughts That's why you always leave a note
0: Favourite and least favourite episode What was your least favourite episode, Damask?
1: Um, everything but my favourite episode oh, It was all terrible you I did? Hate-
0: oh, Okay yeah. I'm going to say the first episode was my least favourite It really just got off on a really When
1: Uphill did it
0: Yeah, I definitely... (laughs) No, weirdly enough, I think it kind of did. It was just unsalvageable from the first episode. I
1: disliked it
0: so much Mm. and I was so off from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Just got through that first episode and went, that was a bad way to start this show. Real bummer. Real bummer. Mm. Did not... Grabbing anything. And then it ends with that shot of them like all around Casper's body and it like does the big like helicopter shots that comes uh, away. I was like, yeah, I right. do not care about this at all. <laughs> was the thought that went through my head. Yeah. Um, and I liked other elements of the show a lot better to say that that was my least favorite episode. What about mm. your favorite episode?
1: I, it actually speaks to, yeah, the, your experience of the first episode, which was similar to mine, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say episode two because it ends with Colin Farrell dying or what appears to him sure. dying yeah, and yeah, yeah. them shooting i was like oh i didn't see that coming maybe they are going to do something really cool yeah with the season obviously they take it back immediately in episode 3 mm-hmm. he's actually just been shot with like blanks or whatever um but yeah I, i'm going to say just for that one alone
0: I'm going to say episode three was my favorite episode. That opening after we thought he was dead was deliberately strange. It was going for Mm -hmm. something, a bit of humor. And I think suddenly Ray had some purpose. He wasn't just sleepwalking through scenes so much. There was something going on. Mm. But uh, it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Just did think of a side note, actually. The animal masks. You know how he gets... Mm -hmm. I was... For a moment there, I was like, oh, will this connect back to season one in some way? Remember the animal masks, the yeah. guys in the video, the VHS tape that <laughs> Maya was watching? I was like, maybe there's something, th- you know, there is a, a, at least a little connection to season one. This is going to be a bigger story overall. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, not the case. <laughs> uh, any predictions, hopes or concerns going forward?
1: I hope season three is better.
0: Yeah, that's all I've that's got all as well. I've got. Apparently it is. People seem to be enjoying a lot more. Mm -hmm. Hush Lali is not a bad place to start too. Mm -hmm. He's a great actor. It's had a lot more time between seasons as well. So that should help as well. Yep. We'll see if that turns out. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish up?
1: No, I just want to stop. You're done. I'm so done. Well,
0: thank you listener for listening to whatever this was. I wholeheartedly apologise. I
1: don't. <laughs> it's not my fault the show was crap.
0: Uh, you can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song from Jordan Calavis and our bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Lottie Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordas, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask.
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O.
0: Next episode, we'll be back to discuss True Detective Season 3. Does feel a little heavy starting Season 3 immediately after Season 2. I kind of wish we had a break, but we've got we've to get there while, it, while it's still hot.
1: Lots mm, fresh.
0: Lots fresh out of mm. the oven. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye you. Mm-hmm.